Hey, what's up, people? This is episode number four, the Vendetta Cast with Digger Bruckshot, aka Adam Fisher on motherfucking Facebook. Welcome back. Week four, number four, episode four. Um, starting to get into a little rhythm, I guess, with it. Uh, just checking in, man. Just doing this weekly thing. This week we got Mr. Todd Buckler for uh, part two of Seminal Sounds. So I'm looking forward to my conversation with him. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. Dope producer. Um, somebody who I think kind of flies under the radar a bit in uh, stateside drum and bass, but he deserves some shine, I feel like. Um, but yeah, so we're going to check in with him. And do the normal bullshit here, man. So here we are, May 9th, May 10th, my birthday. May 9th actually was my birthday. That was yesterday. That was about 40 minutes ago. I am now 37. Um, Doesn't feel much different. So I'm just waiting for 40, I guess, when the shit really hits the fan. So yeah, man. Um... What's new in the pandemic? Pandemic news. What do we have for the pandemic? Uh, shit's getting wild out there, man. Shit is getting wild out there, dude. Excuse me. Um, this episode brought to you by Heineken. Uh, yeah, shit is getting wild out there, man. I was in Family Dollar. Now, if you've ever been to Family Dollar... You know that they can be quite gully, some of them. Um, there's one by my house, so sometimes if I need like water or some shit, I'll stop there. So I go in there the other day. <clears throat> Everyone's wearing a mask. Everyone in the store is wearing a mask. You have to wear a mask to go in the store. Those are the rules now, guys. You have to wear a mask everywhere you go. Um. Which is fine, fuck it, man. I'll get on board, right? So I'm wearing a mask, of course, you know. So I get to the register. There's one lady in front of me at the register. She's paying. I'm standing there. Now, the carts at fucking Family Dollar are super small. So they make me feel like a giant, kind of. And then, so this lady in front of me, she's like, she's pretty small. She's probably like 40. 48, 50, she's like a hippie, kind of fucking, looks like she's fucking hit the booze quite a bit, smoked about 8 million cigarettes, one of those chicks, you know, she looks like, kind of like a fucking old catcher's mitt or some shit, so she's fucking talking to these kids, these two kids at the register, fucking kids, I mean, like, probably like 18 years old, I start noticing that they're like saying to her, Ma'am, you actually have to have a mask to be shopping in here. She's not wearing a mask. So the lady starts going fucking ballistic, okay? She starts screaming at these kids, going over all this, like, conspiracy shit, going nuts, right? And I'm standing there, and I'm like, I'm just like, normally I would be saying something because she's holding me up, but, like, I'm just going to let it go, just let it go. So I just stand there, I'm listening, I'm listening. She's like, oh, I don't have a fucking mask and I'm not wearing one. Oh, you're just going to believe what they tell you on TV? Like all this crazy shit she's saying. Now, part of me, 
<laughs> part of me, I'm like mm, kind of agreeing with her a little bit, but obviously we all got to do the dance. So you don't get to just not do the dance because you fucking, you know, you believe all this bullshit. Um, so she's going on and on. It's like three minutes long now. And I had to go pick up Mexican food. This is on this. Yeah, this is on Cinco de Mayo. Actually, I had an order I had to go pick up and I'm standing there and I let it go and I let it go. Finally, I just say to her, hey, why don't you shut the fuck up, pay for your shit and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Verbatim. That's exactly what I said to her. She looks at me and she goes, who the fuck are you? The fucking police. And I go, maybe I am. Pay for your shit and get the fuck out. <laughs> she, she fucking starts flipping out, screaming and shit. And then she like just mumbles her way out the fucking door. I, you know, I pull up to the register then. And the kid's like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm like, all good, man. So then I go out to my car, putting all my shit in my car. The lady swings by me in a white BMW and she goes, fuck you, asshole, and fucking drives away. <laughs> oh, God, man. Yeah. It's getting fucking crazy out there, man. That's how people are acting out there now. Yeah, man. And like I went to buy beer the other night. I'm wearing the mask. Lady at the register asked me to... Uh, show my ID or whatever. I'm like, well, I'm not wearing a mask in my photo, so I guess I could really be anybody. Ah, it's just funny shit out there, man. Yeah, that lady was nuts. Um, it's not just, you know, it's not just people out in real life either. A lot of insanity going on online as well. I got into a little... uh back and forth with a couple people recently over the past couple days which is quite comical to say the least um a uh husband and wife dj duo who shall rename remain nameless on this podcast um we'll just call them dj husband dj wife the wizard and the witch that's what i'm calling them from now on um, so I'm sitting at home the other night, minding my own fucking business. You know, obviously I got statuses up on Facebook, whatever, you know, people like to, to have debate amongst those usually. Um, so I had posted something like, when does the empathy shift from, uh, the people that are sick to the people that can't feed their kids? Now, I mean, that's, there's many ways to look at that. You could say many things about that. Uh, but these people, like, they, so they just start commenting, both of them. Mind you, this is a husband and wife. They start commenting, 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 saying all this wild shit to me about me, me thinking that coronavirus is fake. Uh, I don't know, wild shit. Out of the side of their fucking face, man. Just like made no sense to me i mean i know these people i've worked with these people before clearly they were just harboring these feelings towards me and they just wanted to release them um the thing that i find just weird is that they're married so i'm just sitting there like okay so you two are just sitting together at your home 
on a fucking Tuesday night, whatever it was, on two separate Facebook accounts, probably two separate phones, just talking shit to to me. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine sitting there with my wife doing anything of the sort. So it was just weird, man. Just started getting real weird, real bipolar, just like made no sense. Then they start saying shit to me like, oh, well, you know, we think you're a great MC, but because of the way you, uh, the political shit that, that you uh, believe or, or whatever the fuck uh, means that we don't want you on our sets or some shit like that. Just all this crazy shit, man. I'm just like, first of all, do you think I care that much about being on your sets? You're an opening DJ act, period, okay? You know, that's the extent. You think I'm concerned about that? Number one, get the fuck out of here. Number two, if you got so many fucking feelings about me, delete me. Be gone with the shit. You know, I don't, I don't have anything to say about you and what you do or comment or I don't have the the drive to argue with you about how you believe what you believe, how you see the world. I don't I'm you know, I'm not here to debate that with you. Now, you might not like the things that I say on social media or whatever it may be, but you have the freedom to delete that from your life if you want to continue to live in the echo chamber that you so desire. I say what I want, man. I will always say what I want. And that's it. You know, so I'm not seeking approval from anybody. That's what I guess maybe some of you don't understand, especially you, the wizard and the witch. I'm not out here seeking approval, okay? I'm not out here rat racing, chasing bookings, trying to be Mr. Nice Guy with everybody. I don't do that shit. Never have, never will. If you fuck with me, you fuck with me. If you don't, all good. I don't hate you because of it. No problem. Now, why the two of you decided to go on some ranting, raving crusade trying to save the fucking world and actually like getting off on it too. Like <laughs> I could tell that they were just like so charged up about it. Like, bro, you were, you got so much energy off of that. That's something wrong with you, man. Not, 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 not wrong with me. So all good. End of the day. I'm not really going to dive too much further into that shit. Um, it is what it is, man. It's just the epitome of what I've been saying about just the politics and drum and bass, especially, I mean, in America, at least like, you know, I don't need that negativity, man. You, you don't have to, <laughs> people will say that's funny coming from me because I'm negative as shit. Uh, I'm not negative, man. I just like making funny, just saying funny shit about things that people that maybe will ruffle some feathers, but yeah, man. I don't know. No point really d digging too much further in that. I mean, then the chick is like messaging me. She like the next. This is like the next day. Then she wanted to like squash the beef, so she like tries to squash the beef with me. Then starts asking me about my baby, like real bi bipolar behavior, man. 
Like, if you want to come at me, formulate a point and an opinion and then have at it. Don't just randomly start talking crazy shit that makes no sense. Get your fucking facts straight and come correct, man. That's all I got to say about that. Um, yeah, so we can move on from that bullshit. Um, shit was wild, man. So I'll leave it right there on that. I mean, I just don't want to, yeah, I don't want to keep digging in on that. It's not really, it's not really constructive. So we'll leave it there on the, on that mental vibe for the wizard and the witch, man. That'll be the end of that tale. I could dig way more deeper into the, but no point giving those fools that shine. Even, you know, people will figure out who the fuck I'm talking about. Um, shit, man. I'm really getting impatient with these Jordan documentary episodes, man. I'm like obsessed with this thing. So interesting to see the the footage like that of <clears throat> Michael Jordan back in the day. It's just wild. Um, I can't believe they're just doing two episodes at a time like that. I guess they're going to be releasing it on Netflix all in one shot at some point. Not sure. Um, what else we got cracking off, man? Uh, yeah, we got Todd Buckler on this week. Seminal Sounds. Um... Check out the last episode with Mappy Swift if you haven't checked that out. A couple of people were saying that there were sound issues, but I really think it was a Spotify thing. Um, the anchor link seems to be fine. I also had people say there was no issue, so I don't know. Um, but I do appreciate the feedback. So if you do hear something like fucked up or it doesn't sound proper, I, I, want, I want you to let me know. Um... Yeah. So how's everyone's everyone keeps posting all these 3D pictures on Facebook. It's so funny, man. Somebody like people are doing other food and shit. Oh, how about those pieces of shit that shot that black guy, man? That shit is fucked up, dude. Where is that at? In Atlanta? Yeah, bro. Why are you chasing anybody with guns? Who the fuck do you think? You, what, I mean, what the fuck is this? Unfucking believable. That wasn't in Atlanta, was it? It was in Georgia somewhere, though. What the fuck, dude? What's his name? Amar Arbery. Ahmad Arbery. Wow. Ah, fucking hell, man. Even with all this bullshit going on, this still dumb shit kind of have this fucking ridiculous shit still happening, man. What the fuck? I don't know what... I don't know what... That's that's why guns are a fucking weird thing, man. Because why should anybody have that right, man? To, I mean, I said this in one of my other episodes. Yeah, I agree with people having guns. You know, you should have the right to have a gun. But at the same time, it's such a catch-22 with the shit, man, because it's like, 
but you should never have the right to see something you don't like and then fucking run in your house, pick up a gun and then decide to do whatever the fuck you want to do about the situation. Like you should never have that. That's a freedom that is just too, it's too reckless, man, as we can see and as we've been seeing for fucking years. But I can't imagine grabbing a gun and chasing someone down the street, man, over like my own suspicion. I would call the fucking cops, bro. <laughs> if I saw somebody would potentially robbing something near my house, what, what am I, a fucking superhero? There's this diehard dude. I'm not getting my gun and chasing after the bad guy. Fuck that. Call the cops, man. Obviously, you can't really trust some of the cops these days either, but I'd much rather take my chances with the cops handling a situation like that than me and my fucking son with fucking weapons and a pickup truck, dude. Fuck you. Okay? That's the same shit with, like, that cunt Zimmerman, dude. Trying to be a fucking hero. These people, man, they watch too much fucking TV, you know? They watch too many fucking series episodes and shit on Netflix. Fucking cunts. Okay, anyways, man. Really brought it down there. Sorry about that. What do we got going on drum and bass-wise, man? Live streams all over the place. Um, let me jump on Twitter and see what's crack-a-lacking over here, man, because I haven't been... I haven't really been watching the news at all, man. I really just can't deal with I can't I can't deal with it anymore. Also, fucking Walmart, dude. Oh god. So all the aisles where you in Walmart <laughs> in Walmart now are one way. They have do not enter signs on every other aisle. So I'm in Walmart food shopping the other day on like Friday. And it's already annoying as hell. You got to wear the mask. Everybody's in there. Just, I don't know. It's like zombie land in there. Um, I'm walking down the aisle. This guy goes, this guy works for Walmart. And he goes, oh, excuse me, sir. This is one way. You have to go the other way. I just look at him. I don't say anything. I just stare at him, man. And I just kept going the same way I was going. And like, I'm not, see, I'll do... I'll do all the bullshit to an extent. Once you start making me do dumb shit like that, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Fuck you, okay? I'll wear the mask. I'll play the fucking game. I'll do all that shit. I'll keep away from people and all that shit. I'm not going one way up and down the aisles food shopping. Not doing it. Because I don't know all the shit I need to get, number one. Number two... I'm zigging and fucking zagging in the food store, man. I'm in and out of the aisles. I'm in the baking shit for my wife. I'm in fucking the bread. I'm going back because I forgot the ice cream. I'm all over the place, man. I'm not fucking going one way up and down the aisle like a fucking ant, dude. Not doing it. So that's that as far as that goes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, these, like I said, man, these are the fucking things that are going to be happening. These wild rules, man. Um, my wife's friend is a, she works in a salon. She's a hairstylist or whatever. And they're talking about them going back to work, but they're talking about 
how they're going to do it with all these like fucking guidelines and shit now that the the barbers hairstylists whatever they have to wear mask gloves and a fucking face shield while they cut somebody's hair and probably a fucking smock as well so they're gonna look like they're fucking welding on your head so yeah that's a fucking bad look man because especially for hair salons and shit and for chicks like the you know they want to go to a nice place where even like the hairstylists and shit there they look nice they got nice haircuts and nice dressed up and shit and now they're just going to be wearing masks and basically helmets with a face shield it's just like a bad look for business you know it just turns it it makes it so makes it so sterile so if that's the fucking angle that they're going with the salons and the barbershops and shit I mean wow man Wow. And when are we going to not do that then? Is it ever going to go back to normal? Or are we just always going to live like this now? I saw some restaurant put fucking shower curtains in between their, their booths or something. Like, come on, bro. I'll tell you what, though. When I went to go pick up this food the other day for Cinco de Mayo, which I ended up not even fucking getting because it was so poorly handled like it was so many orders they couldn't deal with it anyway so i go there there's literally a million fucking people standing outside waiting for orders and then the small area like the lobby area inside the restaurant this is like a normal sit-down restaurant and it's not, it's like stands on its own it's not on a side it's not on a sidewalk or anything so it's a parking lot whatever um, so in the main lobby of the restaurant there's literally 50 60 people waiting in there Nobody's social distancing. Everyone's bumping up against each other and shit, like trying to get their orders. They're screaming out names. Oh, that's mine. Oh, like it's just fucking mayhem. But nobody's staying away from each other. And then I go to Target today. Dude, I went to Target today. I, I just go to all these fucking corporate stores, obviously. <laughs> but I'm in Target today. The line is down is the entire length of the store the entire length of the fucking store and i've never seen that not during the holidays never so that's the entire length of the store i go in there with my son and we're like walking around i'm like i'm not staying here i'm not because if i have if i need to buy anything i'm definitely not waiting on that fucking line so but i mean that goes to show that people are done man they're that's the only place to go is target and walmart and shit and on a Saturday, that's where everyone was, man. And it was fucking packed. Like, I couldn't even handle being in there. It was so packed. I've never seen it that packed. It's the only place to go. And it's a Saturday, and people are fucking just like... I think people are just getting real... Real done with the shit, man. So... I don't know what the fuck is going to happen, but... Like I said, I haven't been watching the news. I haven't paying attention to anything at this point. It's just... too much to deal with man it's not good for the mental health i don't think watching this shit all all the time you know i can't imagine the mental health of like people that have lost their jobs or people that have yet to get unemployment or you know excuse me if you can hear that banging in the background that's my steam heat 
Um, my house is built in 1900, so it's quite old. Uh, and the heat, it sounds like there's fucking people hammering sometimes. Steam hammer, they call it, I believe. Uh, yeah. It's like if, if you had an old apartment in New York, you know what I'm talking about. The old radiator and the steam pipes. And the pipes are cold, and as it steams up, it starts banging and shit. You know what I'm talking about. Shout out to Havmar Street in Brooklyn. Shout out to Eshin, his old spot. I used to live there. That he did the same thing. Completely irrelevant to anything that I've been talking about. Radiator heat. So moving on. Anything that I want to shout out this week, um, drum and bass wise, anyways. Anything cracking off on the internet. Job Books seems to have a pretty dope stream going on right now, man. If you haven't checked it out, uh, check out um, Badman Sound, Job Books. Um, they do it out of a place called Assorted Studios in York, PA, I believe. Check it out, man. I like I like what he's doing with that. So that's something to peep out if you haven't. He's been doing one a week, I believe. Um. What else, man? I would love to know when the Premier League is going to come back or what they're doing with that, but I, I haven't paid enough attention to that either to really divulge into it. But, man, some of these Joe Biden videos of him, like, completely fucking up are hilarious. Um, yeah, man. So we're up on 25 minutes now. I think I'll just wind it down there, man. Uh, we'll get ready for the next bit with Todd Buckler and, um, and we'll get into the conversation with him. Uh, check out all the live streams of the homies, whoever's doing them. I mean, if they look dope, check them out. I've seen a uh, language crew was doing one from Denver. Um, what else? I saw the Ram one as well. I don't know. They're all out there. World of Drum and Bass actually is doing a second one. Uh, I believe it's June 6th. Another home invasion called Home Invasion 2. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And and that's it really, man. We'll, we'll check in on the next bit with Todd Buckler, Seminole Sound Squad. And that's it, man. Peace. Yes, yes, man. Welcome back. Part two, the Vendetta cast with myself, Digga Bruckshot, a.k.a. Adam Fisher on Facebook. Um, going to get right into this part two now with Todd Buckler. Going to ring him up right now. Todd Buckler, Seminole Sounds. See what he's saying. Yes, man. We got on the line right now the big homie Todd Buckler, Todd Hardbody Karate. <laughs> How yes, you doing, yes. bro? Uh, that's gonna be the name of my memoir. Uh, I'm doing good, man. Yeah. I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? How are you? I'm great, man. I'm I'm yeah. hanging in there, you know. That's good, man. That's good. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. Definitely, of course. You know, we talked about uh, doing a podcast a while back. Yeah, that's true. We did uh, on that uh, epic uh, Boston drive. Yeah, that was a long time ago. 
Yeah, I wish we had that recorded. That was the, that. Yeah, that was the first time we met too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I had no. That was like, uh, you know, I'm married almost eight years, so that was like the closest thing to a blind date that I've done in a. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, me too, dude. Me too. <laughs> I remember at one point we both admitted that like we were really because like I was just worried you were going to be a dick. I didn't yeah. know you. And yeah. we, we were going to be in the car for like fucking eight hours on a Friday trying to get to fucking Boston. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, that was a trip, man. Uh, I mean, you just like, I wrote, you wrote me like the next day, like something just like long. And I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was the day we met, man. That, that was, was a vibe though, straight away though. We, 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 uh, we had great chemistry, my friend. Oh, I agree. And I, I remember, I do remember us being like, man, Cause like, it is good what you're doing. Like, I like this podcast cause like, you know, the music, you know, it speaks for itself and everything, but like, it is good, especially in America to have like, you know, the community talking a bit, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. Know, yeah. You know, get to know the artists a little bit more and stuff. And like, I remember that was what we were talking about was like doing a podcast that of course, you know, I mean, 41 years old, my life's been surrounding drum and bass for so long so yeah. the show would obviously involve drum and bass but like the idea was you wanted to make like a talk show yeah kind uh, of yeah. yeah well i like how you know i really like how like joe rogan you know when you know i always fucking cite joe rogan all the time but i really like how he has like say like take away all the the other guests that he has like the scientists and all that shit when he has his like scene his comedian friends on you know uh-huh. what I mean? They're not really talking that much about comedy. You know what I mean? They're just yeah. they're just having yeah. conversations, you know? And like Yeah. I feel like there's nothing there's definitely nothing like that in drum and bass, you know. Anytime there's an interview, if it's a UK alpha article or whatever, you know, it's all about, so man, how'd you get your start? So uh how'd you get your name? So when's your next release? You know what I mean? Where are you touring? Where can people see you? It's like that's all cool, you know what I mean? But I think we're just in a different space now where it's like people want to hear the conversation, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, especially when it's music, you know, like you just wonder about who and you want to learn about that person. Now, unfortunately, anybody who's ever enjoyed my music is going to be severely disappointed because I'm a deeply flawed character. But uh, <laughs> why is know, that, dude? <laughs> just, oh, man, you know. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it is interesting to like hear a conversation, too, because like that's how you really, you know, and, and it's kind of funny, like you really learn a lot about a person like like you've been, I've been learning a lot about like I feel like I learn a lot about producers from their tutorials, you know, and you mm-hmm. get to know a touch of their personality and stuff. Right, right. Um, which is really interesting for me because I like I just you know I never go out. Like I I know everyone says that, but I do not leave my apartment. No, you really don't. So this quarantine has been no yeah. big deal for you. Uh, you know, I I do travel for work. I'm a traveling salesman. Right. So that's been mixed, and so I become a, a 41 year old american male with a ring light um with a what I, <laughs> I got a fucking ring light because i gotta do my meetings online you know oh shit um, yeah yeah and i'm you know i'm waking up every morning and like thank god my wife and i are still uh employed but like i'm scraping by you know i'm just trying to scrape sales together right yeah uh, so that that part of the quarantine has been rough but good so far and making make it by but uh the, all the rest of it man this is the life this is the life just like, being at home I, and shit <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah i mean i'm not a, i'm not like you know i mean i've said on this before already like i've been like still working you know what i mean and 
I'm going out. I'm going out like daily, still working, just because like, hey man, if the work is there, I'm taking it. You know, like I'll take the risk. But um, and people will call me a cunt for that. But you know, I gotta feed my family. So, <laughs> what you? you? Yeah, man. Some people. I mean, can you believe that shit? Can you believe that shit, dude? I was gonna say, like, for the interview, I would like to strictly stick to politics or religion. So yeah, that would definitely. That, that I mean, that would go down well. <laughs> Many people believe they already have me figured out, which I can assure you they do not. Uh, no, I'm still working on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what's in, that's exactly why you you were the one to be doing this. Um, and yeah, well, I thank agree. you. Like I re- I listened to your I listened to your thing with uh, Mac Swift, which was also amazing because he's uh one of the first like I was listening to tapes before I was ever I even knew tunes had names. You know, like right, yeah. I just was one of the tape packs. Yeah. So he was one of my favorites. Going Me too. Like Me too, dude. Old. Bro, when I was 15, um, I was going to see this guy. I had all. The, I still have all the tapes. Yeah, I know you told me that. Yeah, like, yeah. That's dope because I only have one. I have one tape desire tape pack that has just a mishmash of different tape from all different packs. Yeah. No, I have um, One Nations. I have United Dance, Slamming Vinyls. I got fucking Telepathies. All the you know labyrinth see now that's that's incredible because like people probably i mean no one would know but you and i were born in the same fucking hospital you and i are oh yeah that's right that's right yeah <laughs> you and i are from the same exact part of new jersey yeah that's right so, i forget that you're from jersey sometimes a lot of people do a lot of people think i'm from new england because i went to school up there and that's where i started djing so a lot of people in drawing base think i'm from new england but i'm actually that's just when i started to go out right um but i'm from down i'm from down here so but what's crazy to me is to think like, so you and I were driving around, you know, half cocked, probably being ridiculous and all around that area of New Jersey. Jersey kids in Morris County. You know yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I wonder how many times we stopped at a light on Route 10 and like, you know, yeah, dude. we were playing, you know, one dance. And I'm yeah. like, cause like, that's the other thing I was excited about meeting you because I could tell that your perspective of drum and bass was from England. Right. Yeah. Um, and like you can just instantly tell people who got introduced to it from American raves and people who got introduced to it through British culture. Yeah, it's way and different. I didn't, I didn't understand why you had, and I, you know, you told me your whole story on that trip. Yeah. Um, but that also, I think, gives you a very interesting perspective. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, and, and you know, I don't want to talk too much. You know, I don't want to get like talking about myself too much, but like, um, you know. I was blessed, man. I've lived in the golden era of drum and bass in London, dude. Like <laughs> at, 50, at, at 15 years old, man. I, it was 1998, 99, 2000, 2002, 2003. Uh, and those were the years where I was really heavy going to raves and shit. I mean, so then when I came back here, it was just like, what, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> I can imagine. Like yeah. in my head, like, because I. But I really had to dig. I had really had to dig. You know what I mean? I had to dig to find you guys. Oh, uh, the the American guys, or do you yeah, like when I came back to the states, I really had to dig to find drum and bass. I bet. Yeah. No, I bet. I bet. So did I. Like I, because I was introduced to a kid who moved to my next door to me mm-hmm. um, from England, and so it was just totally by chance. I was into hip hop, you know. Right. Um, and. And so, like, yeah, like, the, the fact that, because I, like, much like the rest of my life, like, I've been obsessed with this British culture, but I've never right. even been to England. Right, yeah. Um, so I have these, like, this idea in my head, because also I just listen to those tapes. The great thing about those tapes, if people don't know, like, the, the mic of the MC would pick up 
just random shit. Oh yeah, you could hear the horns, you could hear the whistles. Yeah, you yeah, know, dude. and like people would make special announcements in yeah, people's yeah. cars, and yeah. like GQ would be like, "Don't take it if you can't manage it." I'm yeah, not yeah. Accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't take it if you can't manage it, mate. Yes, that's definitely not how GQ sounds, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like in my head, it's like the, these raves are probably a mixture of like you know the movie, the go. And, uh, you know, the shit. Well, you know what? The great thing about it, man, is actually um, there's videos all over online. If if anyone listening wants to check them out, like you can literally yep. relive the UK drum and bass golden era. Just search like United Dance 2000 Bagley's. And there's videos on there, man, where like they're just in the crowd, you know, and you can hear fucking like IC3 going off. And you could just hear yeah. that just the tunes are like so just slamming. Like those tunes of that, the, those eras were just like, you know, they're never going to, it will never be like that ever again, you know? And I, I'm not trying to be on an old man flex, but that shit was just like next level. There's just not a stage like for that anymore. And now, especially now. It's just, it wasn't even just, it was just the vibe, man. It, like you can never, rec- can you imagine. can, you can never recreate a vibe anywhere. Right. Like, like when we were doing the dark room dubstep parties, like, Towards the end, like we had such a out the gate slamming start for like two years straight, where every yeah, event was every yeah it. every event was slamming. There was hundreds of people there, and then you start to like peter off. You know what I'm saying? And like we just couldn't recreate that original vibe, and uh-huh. like it just yeah it just kind of fizzled out. You know, we ended up doing three years or whatever, and like it just yeah. But like I think that's the general shelf life of a good, especially in New York. I think that's a good you know, lifespan of a show, unless you're going to be fucking. Right. You know, yeah. Unless you're trouble. And ba- I mean, trouble and bass had a good run. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I got, I got, I still have like some of that swag. Yeah. Shout out uh, star eyes on that one. But, um, yeah, I remember, that's all I knew about you too. I remember before I met you, I knew the dark room stuff, but yeah, that like, I remember those tapes, those tapes too. Like my friend who I met Martin from England would come back with the tape packs and he would come back with those massive VHS Things, yeah, and he would put yeah. them in, and that's all it was. Was a guy with a camera going through the crowd. Yep, and like it was fascinating because like the fashion was, you know, bro. Like, everyone looked dressed. the same. Everyone's wearing jean jackets or track suits. Fucking yeah, man, and the tight jeans. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like that, and at the time, everything was baggy, you know. So yeah. it was just it was totally know, different than America. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, basically, that's that's the that's the other contrast. So right, yeah. So I came from that, and I come here, exactly. and people are wearing jenkos and shit. <laughs> no, nah, I wasn't that far back. I wasn't that far back. I didn't come back that far. But that was like nineties. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit older than you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't to that extent yet. But it was. I mean, not too far off. I mean, like when I came back, I think some of the first raves I went to, dude, were like I went. I did this party called. Uh, it was called Summer Bandits, and it was like in West Virginia, on the wow. side of a highway, bro. Like literally wow. like you're just driving through the, the wilderness in West Virginia and there's just a turnoff on a side of a highway. There's like a pavilion and there's just like a dirty rave out there, dude. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, and like you must have, we must've been at a rave with Joe and I, cause that Joe and I did that for like four years of our life. We yeah. No, I mean, I, and then I, I started playing for the guy a lot, dude. And I was driving up there four hours for 50 bucks, like just to get on the mic. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's 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 the life. Yeah, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. Sleeping yeah, in my car I, on the premises, dude. <laughs> like, because I'm so hammered, and literally just driving home as soon as I woke up. 
that's that's exactly that was the life like and we were i was living in boston and joe and i did it so again i bet you you and i rub shoulders at other parts and like but that's the thing like i was going to when i got like my first rave was just i went when i was like 15 and like all the kids from my high school who were ravers made fun of me and i got sad and i never went again right <laughs> after that the first rave i ever did uh i was dj yeah and in my head i was gonna show up to roast you know in my head i was gonna show up to those video cassettes right you know? yeah, uh, yeah i was yeah. gonna show up to one dance yeah yeah <laughs> um, and it was not that no no no, no. <laughs> but i love the music so much that you know it's grown and actually you know like it's incredible. 20 years later now, even with this quarantine, like it's been drum and bass people who have reached out to me and like, you know, like, yeah, it's a community, music, man. Right? It's a community. I mean, we're all friends because of this music. You know what I mean? So it really is. It's a real it's community, really man. Like, yeah, I mean, I've been talking to all the homies on the regular, you know, like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't really be friends with anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, it's, it's almost like what you were talking about capturing a vibe. Like, yeah, it is a it is a snapshot in time musically. It is just you know just a mixture of hip hop and you could even see elements of rock and just adrenaline and of course electronic music right. and techno and then it has that moody darkness so you could really get emotional with it. Yeah. So we all kind of got captured by you know this five to six year period that yeah. you know was like the class because I go back a little bit far like I really got into it in like 94 yeah really. um when i was like a freshman in high school like it was totally by chance like, yeah i was only 11 years old at that point oh okay so right. nice nice tell that to the 41 year old great <laughs> well i just turned 37 dude so you know i saw that actually yeah Muzzle talk. Um, uh, happy birthday thank you man uh, yeah, that's that's great. You're coming around the mountain. I know, yeah, dude. Cool. I'm definitely coming around. Once you pass 36, dude, you can see it around the bend. Oh yeah, yeah. I started to see, it, but like most things, the seeing it was worse than the actual. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, worse you know, than it actually 30, turned out. Yeah, my 39th birthday, I was sweating. You know, yeah, yeah. by the time I'm 40, you think about it that whole year, and then you know, you just kind of. And when you're 40, you're really just still like, I'm really 30. I mean, let's be real. That's true. Yeah. You know, it's like looking back at fashion from 19. You know, it's fucked up. I was, I think I was talking to my mom or some shit the other night. And like, I was saying how, you know, we were talking about my birthday. And I was just like, you know what's sad, though? That, yeah, I'm 37, but I don't think really too much differently than I did when I was 15. <laughs> you know? I don't think anybody does. You know, like, as far as, I mean, not responsibility wise, but just like, you know, like, uh, I, I, I usually, I talk to one of my friends about this a lot. Like, kids that i went to high school with and like uh they were into drama bass and shit when we were overseas or over in england or whatever and then we moved back here and like they just kind of just fizzled out of it like they just lost interest in it yeah. and just like to still be 37 years old still just obsessed with it as i was then you know yeah. i mean it's like yep. that's a rare thing you know so you, the people that you want to interact with you can only relate to somebody who's the same way you know what i mean it's so true especially us because like even though, you know, I know you and I did have that in common, too. We talked about that on the drive, too, is that we've always been, uh, you know, employed or doing our own business. Mm -hmm. like we've never we've never relied on the music entirely for our life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's a I mean, we, I've never been given that opportunity, you know, and just, exactly. uh, you know, no, I, not by choice. I, yeah, no. I, yeah. I mean, if I. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, if you have 24 hours in a day to solely work on music or solely build your brand or whatever it may be, I mean. You know, you can do amazing things, but, you know, whatever. 
it's gotten close. You know, there have definitely been summers where Joe and I mean, when I was young and we could, you know, and then and also there was a point where DJs were getting paid ridiculous amounts to play raves. Yeah. I didn't get shit to play drum and bass parties. But right, yeah. Raves, they would pay us, you know, and of yeah. course we were idiots, but we would come out of a rave with a respectable amount of cash. And we actually got to a point where we were like, no, let's try and like make this work. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and there were a couple summers where, you know, he would sleep on my floor and like what we would, we would be able to scrounge enough, but never to the point that, you know, like, especially once adulthood came, I started. Well, rent was way cheaper stuff. back then, too. <laughs> What'd you say? Rent was way cheaper back then. Oh God, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I guess it's all relative. I mean, the the you know you weren't making as much either, so. Well, you know, but it's. I also do believe that like there's a certain, you know, freedom to it never being my, our livelihood. You know, there's a certain you know artistic freedom. Like yeah, I, I mean, guess. you know, you know, I don't know. Like, uh, I've I've gone. I go through phases, man. I go through phases where I get jaded with it, and I'm just like, you know, like. No. I'm surprised to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you know, just like, I mean, the scene politics, it, it grows on you after, I mean, it, it grinds at you uh, over years of it. You know what I mean? Like, and then you it see things, does. you know, you see things happen and, and I, I go in and out maybe with my motivation towards it and that's, and then plus working and having a family as well. But I mean, yeah, for the most part, I'm a steady, I'm steadily motivated. I could do more, you know, there's lots of things that I could do more, you know, I could, I could put out more tunes. I could I could work more solely just on music, but I have a good balance in my life, man. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna rely on on just music for you know, whatever. Like I have kids and you know, it seems to fit in your life almost seasonally. Like I it just seems like, you know, you obviously run that world of drum and bass tour for the Northeast and it's fucking amazing. And like it's just that time of year. I know I'm going to see a lot of you. Yeah. 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 And then there was a the time where you and I got to be, I got to be with your cousin. You got to be with my cousin, but you know, so he did that really? Oh yeah. That happened on Facebook, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. That, that was, that was incredible. And like, I realized at one point and then like, I apologized to you and I'll, and then like, Oh, you, oh I think I you know what the best though, the best about somebody like you dude, like, and why I wanted to, I mean, I wanted to have you on just cause I knew you'd be a good conversation, but, um, I appreciate that. I you know, flattered. you totally fucking. I mean, we disagree on pretty much everything. You know what I mean? But like, pretty this much. is something that people need to see more of. Like, but we're still cool. We're friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a re- especially like what what we're saying about you know your your our community and people that are into this are so rare that are like you know fully invested in it like we are. You know, and like I'm not gonna let you know. It, it's like if you were a Satan worshiper or some shit, I don't give a fuck about that, dude. Like if you were, if you're yeah. at the drum and bass show, you're good with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, it is all, like, the combination of that. And then I also got to say like, you're funny mm. and that's my Achilles heel. Thank you. Like if <laughs> someone's funny, I could hate what the, I even fucking think Trump is funny. Like yeah. Trump is a salesman. Right. Yeah. And I understand Trump. Like Trump is so much like my family. Right. My family yeah. loves Trump there and like he, <laughs> he he speaks like that New Jersey, New York, you yeah, know, like there's, yeah. a, there's a radius around New York City. People like that braggadocious bullshit. Like I'm not, you know, they're not, you know, people like that shit. And he, I mean, you know, he'll be saying something absolutely abhorrent, some things that I couldn't believe in less. Right. And even my wife and I will sit and he'll say something and it will, even he'll say it in the same 
tone of that same dry New York right, yeah, tone yeah, yeah, yeah. that all my uncles speak. The best one is yeah, the best is when he tells when he's like at a rally or something. He's like, "Get the hell out of here!" <laughs> whenever, whenever he, whenever he says "hell" or like, like a word like yeah, that, he, dude, it's so fun. The man, the man knows his audience, and he's a salesman. And yeah. I'm a salesman. And yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand where he comes from, and I and that makes me hate him even yeah. more. Listen, uh, man. I mean, uh, for for me, man, like I don't agree with the way he fucking acts. Like I don't. You know, I would much rather put it this way. I would like Obama and Trump. But I would. I want Trump's policies with Obama's like presentation. You, you know what I mean? Like the problem is you can't separate the two. No, and I know that. And I, and I don't agree. I don't. I don't agree with all of Trump's policies. You know what I'm saying? But there's certain things that, like, I think have been have been good. Yeah. I just looked at it. I just look at it like I don't look at it like I'm. I'm. I'm not all invested in Trump. If somebody better came along, he's all out. He's out the that. door. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's there's things that uh, policy wise, I don't agree with his character at all. I don't like the way he behaves. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he like represents our country. Really, you know what I mean? Um, yep. and like that really annoys the shit out of me. Sometimes I see shit that he says or does. I'm just like, what the fuck, bro? You know, but like, that's what I wonder about the other Republicans. And I do, I want to do say, I do know that about you. I do know that you're not a hundred percent a Trump guy. That's nah, not to say that we nah, agree on anything, nah, nah. but I do know that you're not a hundred percent Trump guy. And I hear a lot of people say that that's exactly what, you know, my family would say to me, right. but you can't separate the two yeah. because his policy is tainted by his bully. Yeah. He's a bully. Yeah, yeah. He's just a fucking bully. I want to smack him in the He is a bully, he, but the problem is, see, the time we live in is he may be a bully, but he's also dealing with the softest crowd of all time. You know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's like a catch-22. Like, he's the extreme bully, and everyone else is the extreme soft. So, like, he seems extra bad. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think he's a fucking, I think he's a fucking idiot. I, I think he's an idiot. I think he does dumb shit. I think he says dumb shit, but, you know. I think that's it. That's like a lock and key. It's like the bully meets the victim. Yeah. And they've yeah. made the perfect symbiotic. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Actually, yeah. So everything that he says is the worst and everything that happens is the worst. And we can't find any middle ground. You know what I mean? So well, the truth is, it's even, you know, there's two ways of thought with that. Like, even there's two ways of thought with like wearing a mask and like Republicans versus Democrats. Right and now, Republicans don't don't want to wear masks. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to tell them what to do. I know. Democrats it's so stupid. Masks, we're going to show. We're yeah. respectful of everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the perfect. That's the perfect analogy, dude. That's exactly it. See, and then I think about my wife got me tickets to see Neil deGrasse Tyson like three years ago. Right um, now, before the Me Too thing, I don't know what to think of that. I, I but he I got Me Too, didn't it. he? He's one of the Me Too's who kind of got skimmed by. Yeah, him. he got out the way. He got out the way. Yeah. Somehow, like him. He just slipped through. Yeah. <laughs> There was another guy, a comedian guy, uh, Chris something. Aziz did too, but yeah, there's a few of these Aziz guys. Aziz did, yeah. Been, yeah, you know, it was like it was you know non-lethal bullet or something, but and they somehow got through, and he did too. Which I gotta say, like I was really just because I love him so much, and it's so disappointing when one of my heroes falls to that, right? Um, you know, because I work with all women. I my wife, it, it totally changed my my view on a lot of things. So. But anyway, this was before all that. So anyway, he opens his show. And of course, you know, like Bill Nye, the science guy's there. Right. And like, you know, it's the cream of the crop of Brooklyn liberalism. And, right. you know, like and the, and the who's who's there. And my wife and I have a wonderful time. We all sit down and Neil deGrasse Tyson comes out. And he goes, you know, I love my audience. It's a bu usually a bunch of, you know, 
you know, lefty, liberal, tree huggers. Right. Know, that's usually the crowd. And like, I, I get it. You all love the earth. But I got a message for you. The earth is trying to fucking kill you. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's why this, this land you love, that's why you have to live on a small slither of tiny dry land that goes in a small in-between and it has to be just the right temperature. Right. And that's how I feel about this coronavirus. Like, his voice has been ringing in my head throughout this whole thing. We don't stand a fucking chance. No. Like, it's going to do what it's going to do. Oh, it's going to do, do what it's going to do. Yeah, for sure. No, no chance. If, you know, if the fucking... Uh, volcanoes and whatever Yellowstone Park or whatever the fuck it is, if they want to explode tomorrow and destroy the Earth, that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? It's, I mean, there's, is, there's it, is it the one in Yellowstone? Isn't there a huge one that's in our country that if it pops off, we're fucked? I can't deal with that. Like, I'll go into you know, there's not enough Xanax. To deal with. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. There's not. I can't go that direction. Like, yeah. I just watch because like there's a concept of universal apocalypse. Like that actually, that actually is a concept that scientists study and have a lot to say about that in an instant, the whole universe, something that happens trillions of light years away right. could end everything. So, you know, I don't mean to get, but you know, nah, I, I mean, I think it's just, um, it comes back I like come from it from that perspective. Right. And well, for me, it relates to the whole, um, idea that like we have it better than we've ever had it in, in, in the entire existence of humanity right now as yeah, a, like as far. a, as a people, as a race, I mean, not a race, whatever the fuck, you know, like as a, as a being, you know what I mean? As a, a species, you know? So like, um, you know, there's a lot of complaining, but like, like even with the coronavirus shit, like this shit happened in 1918. You can go back and find photos of people wearing masks. Uh, they got signs on that say no mask, go to jail and like crazy shit. Yep. Like we just never seen it before. You know what I mean? So like exactly. we're, it's we just, we just feel like, history. I feel like in this age, we're so ignorant and so up our, our own asses that like, we feel like that that kind of shit is not real or going to happen to us. You know what I mean? Like it really is. We feel in that. We feel in Yeah. Like it's nah, they, we're too advanced for that to happen. What do you mean? There's a virus. What, what, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like especially it's especially Americans. Americans. Oh, especially Americans. Yeah. year old boy of civilization. Like we, that's true, we're, but we're also brought up to speak up for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? These other countries are kind of, they're kind of told what to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. I don't know how to take, cause I'm not, it's hard for me to judge. You would have an interesting perspective on that. Cause I, uh, I mean, I you know, they're, like there's the argument that there's not actually real freedom of speech in other countries. You know, if you say some fucked up shit about the government in like Canada or some shit, I don't know. I don't know the real rules. You know what I mean? But I know that sure. it's not as free as it is here. Um, we're well, coming up on 28, 28 minutes, bro. I just want to give you a heads up. Uh, I got to cut. Oh my God. That yeah, was fast. That was fast, dude. I'm only doing like yeah. half and half just to, to fill an hour, you know? So. Well, no, you uh, made me stay up past 8 p.m., so I'm glad we'll get it done before the crank. Well, I mean, I think it leaves it leaves uh, space for further conversations then, you know what I'm saying? You can have people on more than once that way. Uh, oh, that's, that's, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. I would love, I think we should do like a roundtable thing, and we should have... Definitely, we got to get some more people on the phone. Me and Joe and Pishposh, and that would be an interesting conversation. Definitely, dude. So do you have any uh, plugs or anything you want to shout out? I definitely want to shout out uh, Seminole Sound. Uh, and Tony, um, he's been extremely supportive of me, and I can't thank him enough because I'm a complete I'm a complete recluse. Right. And anybody who books me or does my tracks, I know it's straight off of either my music or Joe pushing me and my music to them personally. That's the same with Will. I want to shout out B two BP squared. 
uh, Val and all them, they've been reaching out to, uh, to us because, you know, Danielle and I are literally, we're two blocks away from Brooklyn Hospital. Right, yeah. Um, so, like, you know, the drum and bass world has just been reaching out to me wonderfully. So I have a release coming out on Seminal Sounds. I'm not sure when. Some really crazy, like, halftime stuff. And right. uh, and I should be doing, I'm doing my live stream, so check those out. I, I really have been, I, that, that this really might be what I do forever. Word like, up. I can, I can get off my couch and go play for 20 minutes, and that just makes me so happy. Word up, man. Parking, we got about... We got 60 seconds, my dude. So, um, Todd Buckler Thanks on Instagram. Yeah, Todd Buckler on Instagram. Todd Buckler Todd on Buckler. Facebook. Todd Buckler. You got, yeah, yeah, yeah. ToddBuckler.com. Check him out, man. Todd, great talking to you, man. I appreciate it. You too, brother. Thanks for having me. All right, man. I'll see you soon, yeah? All right. Take care. All right, bro. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That was my conversation with the... Big homie Todd Buckler. We're going to wind it down there now. Um, that was a good talk, man. We could have went for a long time. That's it from me, Digger Brookshot, Vendetta Cast number four. Pow.